Hey guys, we are live with the Shooter's Mindset episode 311 with Mark Cooper. This week we have our co-host Greg Cannon with us. How's it going, Greg? Hey everyone. And the guest of the hour, the infamous Mark Cooper. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Doing good, doing good. Glad to have you on here. Um, the king of 308, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But for those that are unfamiliar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into competitive shooting. Uh, I live uh, right here at k and I'm from Finger, Tennessee. I've lived here, born and raised. Um, I just met Shannon through a, a business arrangement and uh, kind of hung out a little bit while I was there and started shooting. Um, I bought me a Ruger Precision and just thought I'd try it out and see if I would like it or not. And then the, uh, the first six weeks, I actually had shot the barrel out. I shot it so much. And so uh, he pulled a string for me, got a good friend of mine, uh, George Gardner, to build me my first uh, built rifle. Uh, he built me a 6547, and I have been shooting ever since. I absolutely love it, and I hope to continue shooting as long as I'm able. That sounds good. I what think that's I would, all of us want to keep shooting. <laughs> what I would give to live within driving distance of K&M. Yeah. You nice. say that, and I hear a lot of guys say the same thing. But after you have loaded, my first year with that rifle, I shot over 30,000 rounds, and I loaded every single one of those bullets. And that is a when lot you've done that, you freaking. wish that you didn't live that close to being in. That's that is a lot of freaking ammo. That's a lot. I am whining about when I have to load 300 for a match, so I cannot imagine doing 30,000. I would, yeah. No, I'd have to shoot factory all the time, which prime ammo, I can shoot that. I'm shooting that at Gap Grind. Um, so with having loaded all that ammo, what made you decide to want to shoot 308 over all the other six millimeter variants out there that you could choose? Did you start in TAC class or did you start with <clears throat> something else and then go to TAC? Uh, I didn't. I started, like I said, uh, my first match was with that uh, the 6547. Um, but at the end of the year last year, which let me go back, that all last year I shot for uh, Bushnell. I was an ambassador for them on the Bushnell team. And uh, at the end of the season last year, George came to me and he was just like, hey, man, um, we're looking to add somebody else to the team. And he thought that I would be a good fit. Um, and I couldn't figure out why. Uh, maybe it's because I could drink a case of beer and still walk a straight line. You know, I think that was one of the <laughs> stipulations to joining the team at the time. And uh, um, But after I had got on the team, um, he said that, that he got to throwing around the idea that they were going to look for a 308 or a, a tactical shooter. Uh, uh, Charles Roberts, my man, is uh, he's been shooting all last year. And uh, I think he just wanted to give a shot at the Open, you know, since uh, the AG series had come in. Uh, he wanted to take a shot at that and see if he couldn't get out there and get some of that money. And so uh, I was just talking to George, uh, you know, spitballing, whatever, you know, what's the deal? What's the stipulations? You know, well, Hornady's going to back you or back the shooter or whatever. And 
uh, they'll provide your your bullets and your brass and uh, you know and of course George is going to build the rifles and stuff and I knew that uh they come out with a new uh, 176 ATIP and I'm just you know you shoot 30,000 or roughly rounds a year free bullets free brass starts to sound real good and especially the 176 the ATIPs and so they set me up they sent me a bunch. Uh, uh, George actually took my 47 and put a 308 barrel on it, and it weighed about 13, 14 pounds. And I took it to the uh, the Accuracy International match this spring in Florida, and it kicked the living crap out of me. Um, I didn't see five impacts uh, the whole match, and I just I just went to George. And was like, man, this is ain't gonna work. I'm gonna have to get a 223, or I'm gonna have to get you know something. I'm gonna have to you know get somebody I can, you know, because you whatever we can use, you know, you tote. I'm going to start toting George up there, strapping the rifle to him. That way I'm moving around as one. You'll see, keep something to, you know, keep the weight down. Uh, but then uh, the week before the Collis match, he actually brought me a new rifle. Uh, he brought me the, the 308 that I have now. And then about the same time as when I got my A-tips in. And, man, that is the most accurate, most incredible rifle I have ever shot. I will – I can outshoot with that rifle than any six millimeter or six five I've ever shot. Just a grouping. Um, I can put uh, three shots early in the morning at um, uh, Shannon's little one MOA target, uh, twelve hundred yards, and just stack them in there. I, I've never seen anything like it. And and so when you got George's rifle and those A tips, it's just it's unbelievable. And so uh, and like I said, with uh, Hornady paying for everything and being such a great sponsor and stuff, I'm like I'm. I, at this point, I don't want to shoot anything else. Um, and honestly, as long as they're fine with it and they like what's going on and everything, I plan to shoot tactical again next year. So that Collis match, is that the one that you came in second? Uh, yes, ma'am, it is, actually. Shooting tack came in second out of all those shooters. Yeah. I think everybody was like, good Lord. Yeah, that was <laughs> Freaking impressive. Uh, yeah, I actually was uh, – it didn't even hit me what was going on um, until my very last stage. Uh, and I will say this, that um, I only had that rifle for seven days. Uh, George sent me that rifle the Friday before the Collis matches. So I put 300 rounds on it that week. Um, and I found a speed that it really liked to be at where I had a really good powder node and uh, I just, I seeded the bullets. I like, I found my lands um, and just seeded them like 10 or 15,000 off the lands. I was like, Hey crap, I'll run this. I ran to K&M real quick. Uh, I was going to check my data and everything. And I got out there and they wouldn't fit in my magazine. They were too long. And so I was hand feeding them in there one at a time. And I'm like, man, that's pretty stupid. I can't go to a PRS match and hand feed each round. And so, uh, I went to, I went back to the house and I just seated them down just long enough, uh, that they would fit in the magazine. And that's how I did my <laughs> load development actually for that rifle. If and, it uh, fits, it shifts. The first time I ever actually practiced a barricade, the first time I ever practiced the barricade or anything with it was the Friday, the train up day at K&E. Uh, I did shoot my data out Thursday morning, but I practiced with it Friday, uh, at the train up day and then went and shot uh, Saturday. Uh, but at the match, um, uh, my teammate Charles Roberts was in the squad with me, and he's like, dude, I don't think you realize what you're about to do. And I'm like, 
well, what are you talking about? He said, uh, you've got one more stage to go, and you've dropped 10 points out of a 200-round match with a 308. And thank you, Charles Roberts. I really appreciate you telling me that because I probably could have won that match maybe. Yes, no, I'll give it to you, Ken. You know, you, you did a good job. Um, but when he told me that I actually dropped two shots um, – in a modified prone out of that helicopter at the 300 because your hands were probably doing this times whatever it was yeah that's exactly what it was and i was just like there's no way and like i'm just thinking in the back of my mind the whole time and i can hear charles in the background talking while i'm shooting too and uh but i'm not saying that he's the reason why it's just it didn't it never clicked with me what was going on until that time uh uh, man, I, I've said it a hundred times. I swear up and down, it's luck. You know, everybody has their day. There's guys that go out there. Uh, Shannon Kay went to the Missouri match first day out. He was beating everybody by like 10 points. Uh, Greg Holloway, this uh, this last match at uh, Alabama, his first day, and he was leading by like six or eight points. I mean, everybody has their day or whatever. Um, and I've said that to the Okie boys. Um, but every one of them are like, dude, luck is – something that could or couldn't happen. The fact that you only dropped 12 points over a two-day precision rifle match with the stack field that we had at that match, that wasn't luck. That's something else. And so um, I'm not going to play the lottery because I believe I used all my good luck then. And so I'm not going to waste no time trying to do something else. <laughs> Greg, you got any uh, questions or comments? We got a Live. lot of yeah, we got a lot of shout outs. Uh, John Landless, Landless says, my man. Uh, Alan says, hey, all, good day from down there. He under. is actually going to be, uh, he is my amateur for the Gap Grind next weekend. Oh, nice. He's got a, he's got a good coach. Keith Baker said, super tech man. Uh, the Precision Rifle seri Series said, oh, hell, he made it. Hey, my man. <laughs> Mike Bell said that's where all the primers went. Thanks, Chris. I love you too. <laughs> Matt said that Henderson Wi-Fi. Hey, he's he's got a better connection than Anthony, so we'll we'll give him that. <laughs> Michael said because it's the Lord's caliber. Christy said, "Hey, Mark, my favorite tack shooter." Uh, Gerald said, "What's up, Turf Man?" Uh, George Gardner says, what is the proper way to use a primer flip tray? <laughs> <laughs> My man's got jokes. I love him to death. I feel like there's a right, story so there that you should tell. Yeah, for, for those of us, that for those of you that catch this yeah. later on the okay, podcast, so, there was an extended uh, Right before finger. the Missouri match, he asked me to come up a few days uh, before the, the match and stay at the 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 grind or the what do you call this? yeah the gap ring sorry mind folks and um and they was in there and they had these little green trays and they were putting primer they were told me like put the primer on here and i'm like the hell am i putting this on there for what am i gonna do with it and he just everybody in the room uh kind of looked turned and looked at me like are you being serious i'm like yeah what is this and so they showed me you put it on here and they're like shaking i'm like why the hell am i shaking this little green tray so i start shaking with it and the damnedest thing happened the primer started turning over and I'm like, you got to be shitting me. And so what I do at my house is I take the federal box, I turn it upside down and pull it out on the thing, and I poke the ones that are turned over, and then I take my hands and flip them all over. 
And so, yes, that's 80, 90, 100,000 primers I've done. I've loaded every single one of them, flipping them over with my finger. Oh, Lord. George, I love you, man. <laughs> George always has the best questions. <laughs> Let me Tennessee, yeah, that's Tennessee people. We don't get out much. Uh, Wade, our, uh, our, our neighbor in, from the Alabama hotel said, what's up, Greg and Jen? Uh, Rusty said, Greg, looking forward to seeing you this weekend at my NRL 22 match. By the way, if you're near Augusta, Georgia, any place, I'm hosting an NRL 22 match this Saturday at Pine Tucky Gun Club. Check out Pine Tucky NRL 22 on Facebook. Also, he wants to know, Jen, are you going to make the match? Maybe. She said, maybe. I'll decide Saturday morning. That is the most Jen thing I've heard today. Um, Steven wants to know how much your current 308 rifle weighs. A lot. <laughs> mm, 24, 25 pounds, maybe. Oh, that is a, that is a difference. <clears throat> yeah, that's huge. It's um, like a small child. And that's without the little cheater plate thing that some guys do. Do you got the fancy one with the brass weights inside of it, too? I do actually. Um, I do. It's pretty awesome. So we we have like a four hundred dollar cheater plate, but not a primer flip tray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, how do you enjoy the uh, federal match in Alabama? Oh man, that thing was awesome. That was a, that was. Um, a Yeah, man, that was a good time. Um, we had a little stage there that I don't think very many people liked, but um, let, me, let me guess. Let you had me to guess. shoot a KYL backwards. backwards. You couldn't move on until you shot them. And so some of the really good shooters got zeros, Mr. K. <laughs> Jenny K, that is. That, that, even though he was using that too well, was... but. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, um, it was pretty tough. Honestly, it took me a few shots to get it to. But, you know, when your bullet is actually as big as the target you're shooting at, you know, it, it kind of helps a little bit, you know, to get that first impact. Cheater. Um, no, man, Jim, uh, Jim's a good buddy of mine, man. Me and him talk a lot. And uh, I've been down there actually several times looking at his place. And we go around and he shows me the, you know, behind the scenes and what's downrange and stuff a lot of people don't get to see. And, what actually goes into it. And uh, uh, Jim really puts his heart and soul into the match. You know, he really mm -hmm. likes it. Uh, he likes what he does. He likes, uh, uh, you know, putting matches on for shooters. He likes, you know, making it competitive. And, uh, you know, he you know he has a business. I think most of his business are in from Birmingham. He does this, this cigar thing. And so um, the fact that he takes out so much time to, uh, you know, to ensure a good match and stuff, uh, I think that speaks volume. Um, but we had a really good course of fire. Uh, we had a good group of dudes show up. Um, like I said, Greg Holloway, man, he kind of blew us away on that first day. Uh, he was uh, – I actually shot in the same squad as him, and I'm like uh, – at the end of the day, they were talking about how many you dropped, this and that, whatever, and I'm like, uh, Nick, you only dropped six. Are you serious? I thought he was lying. I ain't going to be like, I thought he was lying or whatever. But we saw, the you know, the scores at the end of the day, and I'm like, dang, and Greg kind of – 
Greg stepped his game up and kind of put a whooping on all of us. And uh, and so we actually kind of just cheered him on, you know, the whole second day. Everybody in the squad kind of got behind him and, uh, uh, you know, just kind of helped out. And, uh, man, we, we had a really good time. I love shooting up there. Um, I love the courses of fire. I love how the terrain and stuff's laid out. And, uh, uh, man, I can't wait for the next one. I think they're actually having the, uh, the Southeastern uh, finale is going to be there the weekend before Halloween. And so I'll actually get to go back down there one more time this year. I think so. That was a fun match. I really enjoyed it. I'd never been to Alabama. Just the, you know, I've only been doing PRS for, I guess this is my third year, but the first two years, every time they had a match, it was like one of my kids had something or for some reason I couldn't go. I had to work something. So it just didn't work out to get out there. So this year I was like, I am going to go to Alabama. I've not been to that range. I haven't been to one of Jim's matches. So I really wanted to go and, that it was really fun I really enjoyed it except the KYL stage and Jim was standing right there when I shot it and I was like I don't like you very much Man, and a lot of that had to do with the wind you know because uh <laughs> Mr. Shannon K who got a uh on that stage after I got I was I was prepped that's the first stage I've ever walked on I'm like Woo! I got a three yeah three baby <laughs> That was a good score on and, that stage. Uh, that was a great score. We were shooting with some really good shooters. And, like, after the stage, like, all right, Greg, you got a three. Yeah. Well, and it was funny but, like, because, you know, that first target was so small. And I get down there, and I did what I thought for wind. And I can't remember exactly, but it's like I missed. It, it looked like I missed off right. So I held a little bit more left. And then I missed – the same spot off right and so then I did, held a little bit more left and then I missed off le like it was just it wasn't working out for me and so Shannon was on glass when I was shooting and he's like like what were you doing you hit you kept hitting the same spot I'm like I was adjusting though I was like right center left like but the way that that it was so small it was so hard to tell exactly where I was missing because the berm was kind of far back from it, it wasn't directly right behind it so you know I was like well I think I'm missing there but it's really hard to tell and so he's like you, you, you just kept doing the same thing I'm like no I swear I was changing trying to adjust and I just never could make it and so then he got up there and the rest is history on his but I was like yeah it so what you were seeing through glass is like literally this is the target and you you miss an inch off of right and you see a splash this is your splash and so you can't tell if that was left or right. It was just hard was, to tell if it went over it. And, the, you know, I don't know. I just mm -hmm. had a hard time figuring out what. But I just I tried a little bit farther this way and a little bit farther <laughs> this way. And, yeah, it just didn't work out for me. But, yeah, Shannon was like, mm -hmm. what were you doing? And I'm like, I was trying. And then Shannon got up there right behind us. So <laughs> it was funny. I don't want to do that stage again. It wasn't very fun. Yeah, Jim, if you're watching, I enjoyed every stage besides for that one. We, we, we should not do that again. I thought it was a good match. So it had a lot of different things. I mean, it had the one stage yes. that you had to run. It had the boat. Mm -hmm. It had movers. Um, it, it just had a lot. Every stage was different. I liked it a lot. It was a good. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good balance of everything. It wasn't one of those where there was like, 
17 offhand stages or everything was barricade, everything was prone. It, it was a good mix of everything. It was a very, 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 very fun match. And that was literally the only stage I didn't like. So, Mark, my friend Corey Adamski from Florida, he has a question for you. You know, he shoots 308 too. Not quite as good And though. so he says, his question is, can I ask why he beats me like a three-year-old child at matches? <laughs> uh, well, I've never beat a three-year-old child, so uh, I'm not sure how that would go. Um, uh, man, I'll tell you, um, I do a lot of practicing, um, obviously. Um, I've got, um, since that rifle uh, George gave me, you know, back in, uh, right before the Collis match, I've got over 5,000 rounds on it now, not to mention a, a GT that he gave me uh, at the Kansas match. And I shot that barrel almost completely out. Now, by the way, George, I need another barrel, my man. Um, me too. But um, what I do, man, is uh, I do things a little bit differently maybe than a lot of people do. Uh, when I go to the range, I have I go with a plan. You know, that's kind of when, if, um, you know, the students we had this past weekend at K&M, um, we tell them when you go to the range, you know, whole set in mind for that day. Don't go up there and try to fix your whole, you know, your shooting at one time because then you're not going to get anything done. So, uh, for instance, I'll go and I'll work for an entire week on trigger control. You know, I'm telling myself out loud so I sound like an idiot, but so I can hear it and I'm thinking over and over, you know, squeeze the trigger, squeeze the trigger, or, you know, get up there, relax, breathe, squeeze, you know. Um, and then I go up there at another time, and I'm working on simply seeing my impacts, do nothing else. And so when I'm actually training, I actually train on like eight power, everything. I'll put like a one MOA target at five or 600 yards, and I put it on eight power. And if you ever look through a scope on eight power, everything is little. Um, and so, but at the same time, you're having to find a, a certain spot on that target that you're, you know, to aim at. Cause if you don't, you're going to, I mean, a one MOA target on eight power, you're going to blow it. Um, and you don't just work all day or that whole, that one week, you know, on seeing your impacts, you know, not only seeing where you miss them, but seeing where you hit them on the target, you know, cause it's just as important to know where you hit it on that target as you do when you see when you miss it. Um, and, you know, just, man, fundamentals. You have to work on your fundamentals all the time, I know. Uh, um, trying not to beat a dead horse with a stick, but, you know, if your fundamentals are are garbage, then there's no sense in doing anything else. You know, if you can't hold a half or a quarter MOA, you know, impact at 100 yards, how can you go and shoot? a half or one on or a half MOA target or one MOA target at a thousand. You know, if you can't do it at a hundred, you sure can't do it at a thousand. Whatever you see at a hundred, you're going to see at a thousand. If you shoot 10 shots in a row at 10 different dots at a hundred and most of them, you're a half a 10th or a 10th right. I'm willing to bet you all the money in the world. When you go straight to a grand, you're going to say the same thing. You're going to see everything going to the right or going off the right. So I do a lot of work at a hundred. Um, I believe that that that's uh, I mean that's just something that I do. Um, uh, my very first class, my, actually my only class I've ever taken, um, Shannon gave me a, a free class because of some work that I had done for him. We kind of traded out on it, and I took everything that I did, you know, that he taught me when he did to heart. And by the way, no, I'm not giving 
Shannon K the credit for my shooting, all that, but you know, it kind of helped with my foundation a little bit. I will say that. <laughs> That's funny. So basically, what what you're saying is that we need to practice. So, so, so like those, those dry fire things, like the beautiful brand new one right behind Jen, you're supposed to do something with those besides for put them up behind you in a show. Maybe I'm ignoring you. All right, let's, let's hit some live real quick. We got some good ones in here. Uh, Christy wants to know if you want to have a, uh, where to go? Gosh, hold on. Pause commenting. Uh, Chris wants to know if you have any advice that you'd like to give Matt Steiner. <laughs> My man. Uh, <clears throat> actually, no. I don't want to help him at all. He is now, he has swapped <laughs> over to TAC class. And uh, so, no, I don't want to give him no pointers at all. Um, but I did see where. Uh, and, of course, you know, a lot of the guys like to rag me and stuff and talk about uh, Matt and how he's come to attack class. And he's, you know, he's going to come and he's shooting for me or whatever. Man, I, do, I hope he does. I really do. I don't hope he beats me. Let me get that up there. But um, I do, I'm glad to see other guys. I'm glad to see good shooters coming over to attack class. Uh, as I, I kid around with Mr. John Snead all the time. Man, he's John – I don't know if y'all know John Snead, but that is I know John Snead. the man. I thank the world of him. John, if you're watching, man, I love, I love you to death, dude. Uh, you're a great man. If you ever need anything, let me know. Um, but me and him kid around a lot about each other. We shooting, you know, the 308s or whatever. And uh, sometimes he sees us. We're doing better than some of the, you know, the good guys that are shooting six millimeters. You know, they may have had a bad match or whatever. And the thing is, is we talk to each other about is they shooting their little Red Rider BB guns, and we're over here shooting cannons, you know. And so maybe they need to put the girl toys away and come get a big boy gun and come shoot with us. And, man, the fact that uh, Matt Steiner has actually done that, you know, he answered the call. Uh, I, I wish the very best for him. I'm glad to see that he won the uh, the Michigan match. Uh, Matt, uh, I hope you don't win any more than that, but I, I'm glad that you won one, you know. Um, but I do – I like having competition. And uh, when I first started, uh, my goal this year was to be the top tactical shooter. Uh, because I told George and I told the guys at Hornady and Bushnell, I was like, guys, I will be the number one tax shooter in the country. And um, and I'm going to keep working at it until I can be that guy. But ever since the Collis match, I actually saw that, it, you know, it's possible that a tax shooter could actually be more than just a top tactical shooter. Uh, a tax shooter could actually be a champion. I'm not saying I'm going to be that guy, but, um, you know, it can be possible. Um, and I would love nothing more than to see – you know, the classes divide. I would love to see as many in tack class shooting, you know, as, you know, the guys are in open. Hey. My very first match, I, I shot 308. funny, keep texting me stuff. <laughs> now, welcome to our world. Everybody's always like, why are you looking at your phone? I'm like, because people are like sending me questions and texting and sending memes to try and make me laugh on the show, Brian Hay. And uh, yeah. I don't think I can show you or tell you what they're sending me. So that wouldn't be very nice. <laughs> oh, don't tell me you have. Never mind. So anyway, we're speaking to John Sneed. John Sneed is watching and he has a question. 
He wants to know if you have any advice for old people that shoot 308s. Um, I do. I have a. I think for I think for John Sneed to be a better shooter as an old man, what he first needs to do is take his knowledge that he has and put it into a a younger up and coming tactical shooter that could definitely take what he's got. You know, because he shot an entire year with his scope on zero. I don't know if y'all knew that, but he shot an entire year with his scope on zero, and he held held over every single target that he shot for an entire year and so maybe if he was to get with you know a certain shooter from Tennessee young guy you know whatever and teach him what he knows maybe he would come up with something for him to learn too you know maybe they could work together that sounds like a really good plan hey my very first match I was scared to dial and so I held over the whole match and I was shooting a 308 gas gun an AR-10 that was borrowed. <laughs> I wanted to shoot, so. What? You got another question, Greg? It looks like you got one on the tip of your tongue. Oh, no, I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm reading. I do have oh, an honest no. question from Corey. So he wanted to know about you beating him. But he did want to know, and you, you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. So, um, oh, where did it go? He wants to know if you think the A-tips provide a significant advantage to other 308 bullets like SMK, RDF, or hybrids. Is it worth the cost difference? Uh, okay. Um, yes and no. Um, I guess you could say that way. I, actually, I would have said yes. I would have said no. Um, before then, because you know, I, I was I'm a cheap scout. I'm still cheap, by the way. Um, and I wouldn't have thought that, you know, a bullet would have made that big a difference. Um, you know, they got so many other good bullets out there. Hornady still makes another great bullet, the ELDMs. Um, and so before I got them, I would have said absolutely not. I mean, that's crazy, you know, spending you know that much money from there. Um, but once you get them and you get a load, and obviously you, I explained earlier what my load development process was as I got enough powder that I stayed underneath my 2,800 feet per second limit and I seeded the bullet out just enough that it would fit in the magazine. I mean, that was all the load development that I'd done. And I shoot and uh, I'll go to these matches with the guys that are running dashers and GTs and BRAs and um, maybe not the Creedmoor guys and the XC guys, you know, because they're running like 3,000 plus feet per second. But anybody that's running 2,800, 2,850, 2,900, my wind is the exact same as theirs. Um, and so um, I see that as a 100% advantage. Um, when you really think about all the money that we, we spend in this sport, you know, the reloading process, the rifle itself, the optics, the traveling, and – uh, the match fees and the food and the hotels, all that we put into it, the one place that you're going to skimp is on the bullets. And the bullet is actually the whole reason that you're there. Mm -hmm. And so I would skip out on food. You know, I'll turn that steak dinner away um, and I'll eat a bologna sandwich and shoot the A-tips before I would shoot any other bullet and go to a nice restaurant. Um, 
Uh, Hornady has absolutely sold me on those A-tips. I know I may sound like, you know, a Hornady rep here trying to sell the world some A-tips, but um, guys, if y'all don't want to buy the A-tips, that's completely fine, man. That's just more for them to send me, and I'll shoot the crap out of them because I love them. They're awesome. Um, and like I said, the BC is incredible. They fly great. They're accurate as crap. And also, it's – uh, it's kind of cheating a little bit in a way. If you'll ever get with a guy, especially a 308 guy shooting those uh, A-tips, it leaves like a nice little shiny spot on the target when you hit it. Now, if you miss it, Matt Steiner, it doesn't help any. But if you hit it, then it'll actually leave a nice little spot on there for you. <laughs> My man. <laughs> He's going to write me on that one later. <laughs> I texted him and told him he got mentioned on the show because uh, he he texted me, I don't know, like five days ago or something and was like, I just found out I was mentioned on your show. Y'all were talking about my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yep, I didn't bring it up. That is hilarious. Allison Zane did. Uh, all right. So a question, we'll, we'll all three answer this one. If you're going to shoot tat class, would you pick 223 or 308? My choice would be 308 because out it forever and a half away, the 223 is going to be really hard to spot. How about you, Jen? I'd shoot 308. I shot 308 at the gap grind. I might have had to steal Paul Reed's elbow pads because my elbows were killing me, but I shot it and I didn't complain the whole time. Mark, I can take a wild guess at your answer, but what would it be? Um, it, well, it actually depends on the shooter. Uh, if you've got a kid or a small person, I would probably shoot a two-two-three because I mean, the first thing you don't want to do is get a kid or a, a you know a small build person on a three-zero-eight and have it knock the crap out of them. I mean, that's a great way to send the shooter packing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, then definitely a, a, a 308 is the way to go. Definitely. I mean, you see more, you get more downrange info. You know, you see more splash. You on target. You see more exactly where you're on misses. Um, if you're laying on uh, down in the prone or whatever, and you're shooting a long distance, and you got a heavy mirage, especially like during the summertime, a K and M, it's terrible down on that 1200 because you're just flat, and uh, it's just got heavy mirage, and I can't see with a six millimeter where my bullets are going, if I'm hitting it, if I'm missing, I can't see much less a 223. And so, no, I'm, I'm definitely 308 all the way. We need to do discount corner. Ooh, we should do that. Let me click on that page. I'll start. You can get 10% off at carbonarms.us for shotgun shell caddies with TSM 10. And you can get 10% off at Under Industries off of great jerseys. They're veteran-owned um, business, so support them. And they have great jerseys, hoodies, arm sleeves. They have all kinds of stuff. Jackets, whatever you want. He, would, he pretty much would put it on whatever you want. So he's been making face masks. You can get all your sponsors on a face mask. What you got, Greg? I have the code MINDSET10 in all caps. We'll save you 10% off of all PhonoScope products. 
Mark, do you have any discounts? Southern Serco. This is this is my buddy Kent Russ in Southern Saratoga. If you mention that you saw that on this show, you will get fifty percent off. Matter of fact, let's do we'll do seventy five percent off any Saratoga job that you bring in. How about that? Woo! Does he do lime green? Does he know you just did that? <laughs> Woo! He does now. <laughs> 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 that's hilarious uh, he's a good buddy of mine he's from right up the road here um he's a big f class shooter he actually uh was the the amateur last year that won the gap ground he's a good friend of mine and uh, him and hunter Sox shot together last year and uh since then he is uh he's really gotten into uh the prs and getting into this kind of shooting and so he actually has went out and bought us a travel bus it's kind of like a you know, the, you know, the little buses, retirement home people drive you around in. Oh, yeah. Wait, was that your bus? And so we got a bunch of guys from up in the – do what? said, so is that your bus? Why you drive so slow? Was that bus at Alabama? Yes, yes. That is our bus. Y'all drive real yes, slow. Yes, that was it. And so uh, – but a bunch – we always drive down together. Uh, got a bunch of good buddies from up in Madonna. Uh, Parrish Turner, Kevin Rich, Doug, Brad, all you guys love y'all. Uh, but we all load up and go down there. Man, it's, it makes for a real good time down there. Uh, that's hilarious. We saw that bus and we were like, <laughs> and that's what we thought too. We're yeah. like, the, the old folks home is bringing people? I actually hear in Augusta. We, this is not a lot. We actually had, a, we pulled up. We pulled hey. up to a gas station in Indiana. We went and shot the Red Bush match up there. And this old lady come out at the gas station. She said, uh, are y'all singing karaoke? And we kind of looked at karaoke. Yeah, don't that say Southern karaoke? I'm like, no, ma'am. It does. She's like, well, I thought that's karaoke. I was about to get in the bus with you. I was like, wow. <laughs> that is hilarious. There, uh, here at, in Augusta, I was at the gun range, I don't know, about a year ago. And there was a, legit a bus from the retirement home that brought a bunch of older people to come and shoot. I thought it was very cute. Oh, that's scary. It was very cute. But you should totally turn it into a party bus. Like, you know, they have little party buses that are off of that. Like, they tent the windows and put the lights in there. They have, like, coolers in there. And you could have a party bus. Y'all would be the most popular at the match. I'm trying to Jen, find you, there it is. Jen, you think we could get Anthony to buy us a bus? <laughs> Maybe. After he buys good internet. Oh, gosh. I'm telling you, you need to make it be a party bus. Put some, put some blue LED lights oh, in there. It, that would be so right. funny. I would just be happy with an air conditioner that doesn't leak. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. But you need to you need to start sprucing it up. That would be funny. <laughs> so, uh, lots of people say that training with a through eight will make you better a better wind reader because you're more accurate with your wind calls. So, you know, a lot of people with six millimeters go train with through eight. Um, do you like train with a uh, 
with like a 12 gauge slug gun or something or what, what do you do when you want more wind <laughs> um uh no actually um we don't really have much wind here like ever um so I don't ever do any wind training actually because it's, I mean, it's seriously, it's like five miles an hour. It's the most wind it ever gets here. With your uh, 308, did you see any switching winds in Alabama at all? Or was it just like edge to edge? No, I, there was a few times that it did switch back and forth. Uh, uh, I don't think that it affected me as much as it did like a lot of the six millimeter guys. Um, I guess that they kind of, um, you know, blew theirs around a little bit more mine with the, cause I think a lot of those guys that told me they were running like a high two sixties, two seventies, something like that. I'm running a two ninety BC G seven with those, uh, with those a tips and man, I mean, they just, they work awesome. I mean, they cut through the wind is a low. Oh, here it is. We, he did get us a new bus. So that's the new party bus. Oh, Oh, damn. Got a whole new bus? When am I getting invited? We just asked for like some blue LED cool. lights and some window tint. Let's go. You can have it at Gap Run? Uh, We're just going to walk up on the bus. I don't know. I can try and have him be there. He does, He actually lives just like a couple of minutes up the road from me. Wait, he <laughs> won it last year. He has to come this year, year right? Oh, he he is shooting. Uh, he's shooting as a pro this year. So he he better after winning it last year. That's right. Got to right. come back now. He needs to win the pro. See, he won the am side. Now he needs to win the pro side. Goals. Life goals. All right, what's next, Greg? I don't know if uh, Brian Sox sit here uh, the most important thing. Brian Sox, uh, what? Brian Sox, is, he's texted me a couple times. Uh, Brian Sox has texted me a couple times here talking and stuff. Um, that is a great dude. Like, I don't know if y'all, how well y'all know Brian Sox. That's the best dude in the PRS. He, uh, he actually had like a neck and shoulder surgery done a little while ago and He's kind of been out of the game, man, and I'm I'm really hoping he comes back in there um, and he can come back and shoot with us. Dude, I really miss that guy coming. I think he's actually going to make a uh, – he's going to show up uh, to the gap grind too and see it. Oh, by the way, if, uh, if anybody ain't doing anything next weekend, I think Julie K could use a few extra hands, maybe some ROs. You get to come out and shoot the day before, that Friday, the train-up day you get to shoot. You get to be, you know, bosses all the next day, pretty much boss all the shooters around. Women, y'all are good at that. Come on. Well, I know Brian's going to be there because yeah, on so that you know. on that post asking for ROs, he said he's going to be driving around throwing water bottles at people. Yeah. And if you've legit, if you've never um, ROed a PRS match, so it's like the fun of going to a match without the stress of trying to do good at, mat at the match without the expense of buying ammo. If you've never shot a match, you're still welcome to come RO. I actually RO'd a match before I shot my first match. Um, and it was a great experience. Plus at the gap grind, if you RO, you are going to get hooked 
the F up. I mean, I'm talking food, lodging, prizes, giveaways. Like, if you got to work that weekend, unless you make a lot of money, you're probably better off ROing than going to work. Plus, you get to hang out with us. And we're yeah, like, um, actually, um, Tom Manners and Robert Brantley from uh, Manners uh, Stocks, uh, we actually do a thing uh, on the, the GA team that we, uh, we donate our last year's, our old stocks or whatever they are to new shooters, new, um, you know, up-and-comers that don't have the equipment or that could use it. And so we all are actually chipping in our old stocks. The one that uh, – the stock that I had at uh, the uh, Accuracy International match, I'm actually giving it away to a good shooter or a new shooter. And so, um, um, you know, I wish we could do more, you know, stuff like this, you know, so we could get more shooters involved in it. Um, I wish that new guys could actually see how much we, you know, we want them, we want this sport to grow and we want them to be a part of our community. Um, you know, we give each other hell all the time. We mm -hmm. talk crap and pick on each other. Just like, you know, me and Matt Stein or whatever. Man, man, I, you know, I thank the world of you, man. Uh, have no hard feelings whatsoever. If you beat me, I'm going to be pissed. Um, <laughs> but that ain't on you, man. I, I expect you to bring your – I expect you to bring your A game, um, and I'm going to do the same, and I'm going to bring you mine. That way, you know, if you beat me, you're going to have to earn it. And if I beat you, I, I want to have to earn it. Um, but at the end of the day, man, we'll go and we can have a drink and, you know, we can hang out and go out to dinner and stuff. And I know that if it, he needs to know that, man, if there's anything he needs or anybody, any shooter out there, you know, give us a call, you know. Um, the whole GA team, man, is they're all just like that, dude. We're – I have never been more welcomed in this sport than I have been uh, by that team. They're they're really awesome people too. And um, if you know if you screw up or say something stupid that you're not supposed to, they will correct you pretty damn quick. <laughs> so just know that. So you gotta you know you gotta have some thick skin, um, but at the same time you could pick that phone up and they I know they'd be there in an instant. Just like Brian Sykes with that surgery, all he has to do is call me and I will get there as fast as I can. Um, but, you know, and I want a lot of other new shooters, you know, to come and join us, join the community and see, you know, see what this is about. Um, you know, we've got professional athletes out there acting like complete assholes right now. Can I say assholes? You can say assholes. Yes. Yep. Okay, assholes. Well, they're acting like complete assholes. And so uh, I actually shared like a little meme, I guess they call them the other day. Um, you know, all the basketball players and stuff from Neyland said Black Lives Matters, all this, which their Black Lives do matter. All lives matter as far as I'm concerned. Um, but they said that they weren't going to stand for the national anthem. Well, then below it had another picture of, like, some guys doing a ceremony for some guys that died in Iraq. And it said, it's okay. Um, it wasn't meant to be played for you pussies anyways. And I completely believe that, you know. And so you've got these – you know, million-dollar athletes out there acting like assholes that these kids are looking up to, thinking that, you know, this is how you're supposed to act. This is what sports and stuff are about. No, nah, that's what idiots are about. You know, come to the shooting community. Um, they, we all hang out. We do anything. We, you know, we teach. We train. We try to bring each other up. Um, you know, the young kids, man, we get, um, they started, uh, you know, the NRL started it and now, uh, Shannon with the PRS has really kicked off a big season. I think next year it's going to be absolutely huge. The uh, the rim fire, uh, fire series and like actually we were talking before we went live here. Um, I'm going to have a rifle built uh, for my kids. You know I've got an eight year old and eleven year old and I want them to be a part of it. They want to come to matches and 
um, you know, we need more family time spent together as well. And why not, why can't our family time be spent together, you know, shooting guns? Why does it got to be sitting around watching baseball players, football, basketball players, you know, NASCAR drivers all want to be assholes or whatever. Why can't we, you know, get into a sport that the whole family can, you know, get in together, you know, um, go stay in a hotel, spend the weekend with your kids, you know, let your kids shoot. Okay. You know, us as parents, um, you know, maybe we don't shoot this time. You know, we'll let our kids, we'll take it and make it about them. You know, we'll, you know take a vacation just like this year. Uh, I'm hoping to take my family to uh, the um, the fall, uh, fall, fall Florida match. And, you know, we're going to stay at the beach and stuff for a couple of days. And, you know, I'm going to leave him at the beach and I'm going to go up with some buddies and stuff and shoot the match. And at the end of the day, I'm going to come back and be with my family. And, you know, we need to do more of that. You know, we need to get the kids involved, get them, you know, Show them that, you know, this liberal crap that, that our society is getting into is, you know, we don't have to, that is not the new normal. You know, that's not the, that's not going to be the normal for my family. Um, we believe in God, we believe in bullets, and we believe in Jack Davis. And uh, we love all of them, and we're going to keep supporting all of them. And, uh, um, man, I just think we, we need to get right. You know, we need to get, we need some Jesus. We need more bullets. Uh, we need some more uh, promise. Hodgkins, my man, I need you to step up. Federal. Definitely. Jason, well, we need some promise. Let's go. Look, he almost got jumped in Alabama when he showed up with all those primers. Everybody's like, primers? There's primers? <laughs> look at this. Oh, look at this. Yeah, right? <laughs> I told him, I was like, you're going to get robbed. Half of those are mine. You haven't paid me yet? I will fight you. Oh shit, I'm about to die. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Half her attention America. Half of these primers are Jennifer's. Um, we got a couple live here. Um, first off, Kent confirmed that the uh, new bus has a couch, a TV, a karaoke machine, and plenty of coolers. He wants to know how much we want to party. Will it be at Gap Grind? Will it be at Gap Grind, Kent? Will the bus be at Gap and Grind? And is Jen ready. invited? I'm pretty sure we're invited. Let's see. Kent, are we invited? And will it be a guy? I didn't because say you. I said me. I don't care if you're invited. We carpool, homie. <laughs> Why are you walking back an hour to the house? <laughs> it's going to be my car. <laughs> Life is rough. I'm in charge. <laughs> I'm driving I'm to that I'll match. So <laughs> we're partying with Kent. It's settled. And Allison wants to know, what kind of a break do you run on your 308? Or should I say the Allison wants to know? I run a American Prisons Arms Fatty B. Fatty B. I can't remember what she uh, runs. My good what buddy else? Craig Cornez from uh, Area 419. And I, we've been talking about maybe trying a Maverick on there. Um, but I've had several people tell me, you know, is the way that my rifle is shooting right now. I don't, I'm not doing nothing. Um, I'm not touching. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, I still have not taken a break. <laughs> I haven't taken a break off the end of the rifle yet to clean it. I'll clean it with it on there. Like, I'm not, we're not touching that. I don't blame you. It's kind of been on fire this year. I think I'd leave it be if I was you too. I think I would definitely. How long will that 308 barrel last? 
forever compared to a six. George Garden. Well, you I said something no before about I like 3,000 uh, rounds or some crap like that. Well, I've got five on mine right now, and it's still hammering. Um, uh, I've actually got uh, – Bartline is bringing me another barrel to the gap grind, uh, and I'm going to send um, – I'm going to send one of my rifle. I'm probably going to send my GT with him uh, and just put it on there because, like I said, I don't want to touch, you know, my 308 right now. But if I see, uh, you know, if I see it start to lose speed or something like that, then I definitely have another rifle I can go to. I'm hoping that this rifle will continue to last me through the finale. I always think it's so cute when everybody's like, I have another rifle. Or they'll be like, Jen, what rifle are you shooting at this match? And I'm like, my only one. <laughs> you you own two rifles. <laughs> I do. Well, that action is not where I need it to be, though. It's not, and I don't, yeah, it's not functional at the moment. I don't know. That was one of my, like, favorite moments because, you know, you always, I still remember a, a female youth shooter in a match. It was actually the match that I was ROing. My, like, it was my second match I've been to. First one I participated in as an RO. And a, a female youth shooter's rifle went down, and someone was like, "Oh, I got like three people were like, I have a backup rifle with 300 rounds of ammo. Here you go." And I was like, "Man, one day I just I hope I could be that person to be able to give back." And when I was able to get this beautiful beauty right behind me built, um, I now have a fully functional backup rifle that I bring with like two to 300 rounds every match. And it's like the greatest feeling to know that like. If someone's rifle goes down, I go. Who like, is the first person to use a backup that you had? Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. That I was, mean, it, it wasn't funny, but that was, was that was not funny. That was three rounds into a brand new rifle, and it blew up. <laughs> <laughs> but you had a backup, so you, <laughs> all was good. Mm-hmm. Brian Sykes said, I bet money you'll be able to ride that stick all the way through the finale. Talking about barrel life and all. Oh, my man. He's watching. So how much live fire versus dry fire do you do in practice? Uh, dry fire, I do 1% and live fire, 99%. I'd probably do the same if I was rich and lived close to Canon. Yeah, if I had the ammo, I would do it. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it gets it gets. You know, it used to it was like really about an expense thing, but now because of how great uh, you know, like I said, Hornady's been for me. They donate the bullets and stuff for my three hundred eight. Um, it's really not so much about the uh, the expense. It's about the the time that I spend down there. You know, by the time you clean your brass, anneal it, size it, trim it, um, and whatever crap else you're supposed to do to that. Shake the primer thing that you don't shake, you just flip it over. The time you do that and you put a powder and seat the bullets and all that, dude, man, it's, I spend at least an hour and a half to two hours every single night in my reloading room. It gets old. I can imagine. That's a lot of ammo to load. Good Lord. 
So how many rounds do you think you shoot in a year now? I know you said first year was like 30,000. No. Um, I'd say I've shot maybe 10 or 12 this year. You gotta keep a tally just a just for the heck of it, just to see like at the end of the year, how many you shot. That'd be crazy. Um, well, this year it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit different. Uh, uh, work schedule's been kind of crazy, um, and so I haven't been able to do. Um, needless to say, my business kind of suffered the first year, uh, first two years that I took this sport on because I kind of neglected it and I was consumed by this sport, and so. Uh, with the help of Jesus and my wife Boot, uh, we're now back on the straight and narrow, and our business is up and running, doing good. That's good. Mike Bell wants to know all that reloading. What press do you use? Oh, I got a new one. Uh, thanks to okay, I I call her Kokomo. I don't know how you say her name. Her name's Lori Coca... Cocaruda. Kokomo. Jenga Master. The, otherwise known as the Jenga Master. Yeah. Yeah, I call her Kokomo. Um, she got me a RCBS Rebel. Uh, so it's basically like the other uh, RCBS ones, but they finally drilled that pesky little hole in the bottom of it. That way, whenever you push the primer out, it falls straight through down into a trash can because it was falling on these little trays and after you do about 50 of them, these large primers, you know, after you do about 50 of them, they start overflowing into the floor. And uh, so she's got me one of those. I've actually got two of, uh, I've got that one and then I've got a, a, I can't think of what their original one was, the original RCBS. I've got it set up rock for my uh, cedar. And so I don't have to, yes, rock chucker. So it, it, it is kind of nice you can see back here to have a, a, a sizer and a cedar. I just have one of everything, one powder dispenser. Somebody uh, at Alabama walked off with a um, charge master and I was like, man, I wanted that. And they were like, well, I needed a third one. <laughs> Can't I mean, rush. There's nothing wrong. Oh, wait, hold on. Can we see three? One of those is mine, and I am getting yeah. it back tomorrow. Can you bring it tomorrow? Can we go shoot? I will, I will, the, the truck is literally full to the top. I will see if I can find a spot to stick it. Uh, you're killing me, Smalls. I have barricades. I have targets. I have beer cooler. I mean, um, water to keep us hydrated. Um, so, Mark talking about new shooters and it sounds like you have kind of a passion for getting new shooters in which I have the same passion I love getting new people into this sport and I'm not the best at it but I know the fundamentals and I can tell people fundamentals I just can't seem to do them myself um, I know what I'm supposed to do it's do as I say not as I do is kind of my theory right now but I love getting new shooters into this, but if you had new shooters, 
what is the one piece of advice you would give them getting into it, whether it's don't buy this or do this first? What's the one piece of advice you would give to new shooters? Take a training class. That would be my absolute first. Um, it, you can want to do, it's kind of like, you know, uh, learning to drive a car, if you may. Um, you turn 16 years old, you've never been behind the wheel. Your parents put you in there, all right, take off. Well, you're like, what do I do? You know, even though you've seen it, you know, you may have drove around the farm or something. It's a lot different than, you know, actually getting out on the road and doing it. Um, I would actually, I would highly recommend taking a shooting class. If you do that, they will break down the fundamentals. They will show you the proper way to do something because, you know, we we're all have bad habits. Every single one of us have got some bad habit we wish we didn't do. Um, and so if you go and take a class, you know, that will give you a good foundation, you know, to start with. And you can then take that and because, you know, a lot, most of the time your class has got a whole lot of information thrown at you all at one time. Take good notes. Um, ask tons of questions. Um, and at the end of the day, when the class is over, go home and practice exactly, you know, what you were taught in that class. I think that's great advice um, for twofold. A lot of new shooters get so caught up in the gear game and I have to buy this and I have to buy that and I have to buy this and I have to buy that. And I mean, you do have to have gear, but I always think it's more important to get fundamentals down than to just go by. I, like the first thing is be safe, right? And make sure that you know the safety of the sport. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is fundamentals and then you can worry about gear. So I think it's huge to just work on the fundamentals first. And then I totally forgot where my second thing was. I was going. Hmm. And then have a glass of wine. I mean, well, while yeah. you're talking about gear, uh, a lot of guys, you know, they've got a ton of gear. I see guys pushing these little carts and stuff around. They've got 15 different bags. They've got their tripods just decked to the max or whatever. Um, the only thing I have is a Kestrel a John Sneed special that goes on the side of your scope for your data card um, and a special game changer that I had Tom uh, and Melissa done an Armageddon gear make for me. It is the, what they've done is they took a wax canvas large game changer that was empty. They poured the sand that was in a schmedium into that. Then they filled it up the rest of the way with the beads, sewed it up. That way you can't take it apart. It won't leak. Um, you don't have to worry about changing nothing. That bag is the only bag I use. No matter what barricade I get on, a windowsill, um, a rock, uh, a door, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, that's the only bag I got. That way, when I get to a stage, if you get back, it's actually kind of funny. If you get back and watch a lot of other guys shoot, they'll walk up to a stage, and you can tell that little hamster upstairs is running. I'm talking going crazy. Something's going to have a heart attack, thinking so hard. He's trying to figure out which one of his 15 bags he's going to pull out put where do I need a, a pump pillow? Do I need something under my leg? You know, what size, you know, bag do I need? What am I going to do this one? I've got one bag. That game changer will go anywhere. That way when I walk up to the stage, I got to figure the only thing I'm thinking about is, am I going to turn my game changer sideways? I'm turning it up and down. 
I mean, that's the biggest mm-hmm. question that I have. And um, I think a lot of guys spend more time uh, practicing with your rifle, you know, practice reading the wind, practice seeing your shots and stuff. Get away from the gear, man. Get the bag that fits you. And like I said, man, the, the Schmedium is a good – it's great. You know, a lot of guys love it. But uh, I like, you know, more stability. And that's why I had Tom make me that, you know, the large game changer. And he said, you know, he had talked about it before. He's like, man, I've made one before. Nobody likes it. They're heavy. Yeah, well, you know, when the PR started, everybody wanted a lightweight rifle too. And now if you walk up there and say, hey, man, my, my 308 weighs 15 pounds, they're going to look at you like crazy. And so, dude, get that bag, man. Get you one good bag or, you know, two at the most. You know, if you you know if it makes you feel better, get a warm fuzzy or whatever. Um, but get away from the gear, man. You know, practice, you know, more on your shots, reading the wind, reading the impacts, building your positions. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the one bag thing. When I first started, you know, I was trying out different bags. I'd bring, like, five bags with me to a match. The last – Several matches I've shot, I have used my full size game changer for ninety nine point nine percent of stuff. Um, I have a fat bag because it, it, it helps a lot with me. You know, I'll sit on it, I'll stick it here, I'll stick it there, um, but I don't even use that much anymore. It's ninety nine point nine percent nothing but that full size game changer. Um, I've been thinking about swapping over to a schmedium because, like, the word schmedium sounds awesome. Um, but really that one bag does everything for me. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all crazy. I think what my second point of that whole rant I was doing was that, that people don't want to take a class. They don't want to spend money on a class. And I think it's very valuable, but then they want to go to the class and they think it fixes them and it doesn't fix you unless you come home and do the work after. So you could have the best instructor and if you just go and spend eight hours with them and then don't ever practice what they, what tools they give you, because really a class is about giving the tools, right? And then you can work. So anyway, I may be guilty of that myself, but you know, it is. I mean, you you, you make a very good point. Um, Like I said, about all the money that we spend, I mean, you just write down, you know, everything that we have spent in this sport to go to a match. You pick one match. It's going to cost you $1,000 for a two-day match just in Mm -hmm. bullets, food, fuel, and hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, we're not talking about the $5,000 rifles that we have or the $3,000 scopes that we have and the gun cases and, oh, the backup rifle. We can't forget that one. And all the reloading stuff, just everything as a whole that we have got involved into this sport. And so it's kind of like you, uh, that's kind of like you decided that that you're going to take up NASCAR. And we're going to buy you a brand spanking new NASCAR. We're going to give you all the fancy gear, the helmet, the air conditioner, a little fancy water bottle that sticks up on top of your head. You know, got beer in one side or whatever. But yet, you don't have a driver's license. You don't know how to drive. That's kind of the same concept here. How well do you really expect to do in that race, no matter what gear you have, no matter how nice? Dude, I've seen guys that's got the nicest – they got those tangents. What are they, like five grand or something like that? You're right. My first vehicle cost like half that. Um, Literally, the – You know, they got their rifles and all the equipment and stuff they got. And then they finish, like, you know, midfield or the bottom end of the field, guys. Man, if you want to be a top-level shooter, take a class, 
listen to what they say, practice it over and over and over and over and over again. I promise you, if you shoot 30,000 rounds in a year, you will be a lot better than you were if you had. Very true. So Paul wants to know, he says, just tuning in, what A-tip bullet weight in the 308 and what barrel twist and length of barrel do you have to get to 2,800 feet per second? Um, actually, I don't think I, I'm running more like 2780-ish, give or take. Um, but I have a 28-inch Bartline barrel. It is a 1 in 10 twist. I shoot the 176 grain A-tips, and I'm shooting Varget. I'm thinking it's like 43 grains of Varget. Uh, federal large uh, primer 20 brass is my load. There you go. Now everybody has got a pen and paper and writing that load down to go try and shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. What action do you run? Um, it's one of George's. It's a uh, Templar. Sweet. I think we talked about everything else. I was trying to think of what other gear yeah. did we not talk about that you have that everybody might want to know. Talked about barrel and brake. Bushnell scopes. Bushnell scopes. What trigger you run? I use a uh, Trigger Tech Diamond. Oh, yeah. Great choice. I love mine. Yes, mine. Me too. Yes, mine. Yes, mine. That, that was still probably the funniest text I've ever sent in my life. I texted my girlfriend and said, Hey, babe, I got a diamond. And then a little while later, sent a picture of the trigger. She, she responded back, this is literally the most depressing text I've ever gotten in my life. Not what I was expecting. <laughs> I don't know how she still dates you. <laughs> Nor do I. Oh. I think my. it's because I have a big heart. I am not even going to entertain that. Do you have any more lives? So Christy said, stop putting a dollar amount on this. You're depressing me. And then Sonny said, exactly. I had to turn the volume down. Scared my wife might hear. That is funny. Yeah, and Adam says most of the top guys could show up at a match with a factory RPR and still win a match. And then... Uh, Chad wants to know if you carry a first aid kit with you for when a little girl makes you bleed. What little girl are we talking about? Oh, there's there's a... Chad. Chad Glass. I might know the, the punch. I might know the punchline. Ashton's dad. Oh, dude. No, this is Ashton. So we was in last year at Utah. Uh, we uh, Greg Moore, man, I love Greg to death. He's a great guy. The guy that goes and takes everybody's fabulous pictures. Mm -hmm. um, what, he took us out to dinner one night uh, to a Mexican restaurant, and um, <laughs> it was fun. I got a little tipsy or whatever, and started speaking Spanish to like the Mexican people there or whatever. Well, his little minion, I guess, didn't like that too well. So she started kicking me underneath the table like crazy. <laughs> and then uh, 
we ended up going we ended up going back to the hotel room and it was just like a dude, it's like a T-Rex on like a whatever T-Rex is eating man. she coming out and just pounced on me I was bleeding I had drug blood all over the hotel walls in there because I was bleeding so bad and <laughs> I guarantee you that whenever they come in there they come in there to clean up the next morning they're like somebody's dead in this place I don't know where but we're going to find a dead body I mean it was bad <laughs> that's I'm hilarious glad, I'm glad I'm not the only person to be bleeding in the hotel <laughs> Are you, oh, are you talking about in Alabama? Yeah. I'm in my bed trying to go to sleep, and my phone's like, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not answering that. I'm, I'm trying to go to sleep. Goes off again. I'm like, who was texting me? I look. This one is like, I don't know if you were in your room or outside or what. He's like, my toe won't stop bleeding. Well, I don't know. All bleeding stops eventually. I know, but I really want to go to bed. And I was sitting there for about 15 minutes at that point, wrapped my toe in, in paper towel. There's blood all over the patio, just like squeezing it. Yeah, whatever. I've had bigger scratches you on my eyeball. got to elevate it. I'm, never mind. I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> oh, any more lives? I think that's all in the lives. Isn't no, it? I think we're good. I think we're good too. I think we can wind this down to shout outs. You want to hit it, Greg? Sure. I'd first like to thank uh, GSL suppressors. At one point in time, they're going to make this rifle here a lot more civilized, as well as my little 22. I got two cans sitting in uh, in jail at Crack Shop Pond and Firearms in Thompson, Georgia. Um, shooters and Sharpshooters of Augusta are two local ranges. PDC Custom for pretty much the most beautiful rifle chassis known to man. They are available in lime green and normal human colors. Um, phone Scope, the ultimate training aid. Also, if you just want to look really lit for the gram, you can make some cool videos there. Uh, Shooter's World Powder, lots of people are like, oh my god, I can't find my Varget. Dudes, get some uh, Shooter's World Precision Rifle Powder. Almost the same thing, except for it's cheaper and shoots exactly the same. Um, Hunter's HD Gold because I am blind as a bat and my hobby is shooting things very far away so it helps me see that and uh, Bortec to keep your rifle nice and clean Sweet Mark you got any shout outs you want to give? Uh, I don't know if I've got any more to add than what I've already done um, I, am, uh, I just want to tell all my sponsors and stuff uh, that I'm eternally grateful for everything they've done. Hornady, GA Precision, Bushnell, Manners, Tom over at Armageddon Gear, um, Hoppies, my little Kokomo, uh, RCBS, Bartline Barrels, uh, <laughs> uh, Trigger Tech Guys, APA, Southern Saracope, my man Kent. Um, I love all them guys, man. And uh, uh, truly without them, I wouldn't be able to do what I do and have the results that I do. And so guys, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I, I truly am grateful for the opportunity and for everything that you do. And I'm also very thankful for Mr. Jennifer and Mr. Greg, uh, for having me on the show. I appreciate it very much. I hope that it was uh, better than the, the last time I was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like I was gonna name you Casper because <laughs> you ghosted me. <laughs> you ghosted the yeah, I've got Jennifer Seymour. 
I, well, I was like, well, he's not showing up. And then Christy texts me and is like, why are you not live yet? And I'm like, well, the guest of the hour is not here. And she was like, what? Hold on. I'm going to find him. I was like, yeah. dude, I've tried calling him and texting him through Facebook and uh, nothing. So it was funny. She was trying to find you. It's pretty entertaining, but that's all right. I yeah, that's you. old mama bear there. She got... She tries to, her and Melissa try to keep us in order. Oof, that's a lot of work. They got their hands full mm -hmm. with that group, for sure. We might come on, you know, but we keep them honest, you know. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for coming on the show and spending, like, what, two hours with us on a Tuesday night. I know that's, everybody's busy and you have, like, ammo to load and stuff every night, so. I know that's a lot of time. So I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank my sponsors, um, McMillan Stocks, Night Force Optics, GSL Suppressors, Prime Ammo, because I'm not going to reload for the gap grind. It's amazing just to go, like, take my ammo and put it in the box. That's excellent. That's all I got to do. Um, Shooters of Augusta and Sharpshooters of Augusta, HD Gold, um, I should have been wearing my HD golds while I moved, apparently, because I tried to poke my eyeball out with the Christmas decoration, but that's okay. We won't talk about that. Um, that was after you tried to burn the house down, right? Gosh. I'm trying to remember what else. Uh, because I just moved, I don't have my list. What would you say? Oh, Under Industries and Warren Scope Mounts for awesome scope mounts and bipods. And I said night force yeah i think that's gonna be off for tonight i don't know anyway we appreciate everybody you joining about us daughter. about my daughter the one crawling on the wall behind you oh don't say that i had a roach earlier y'all <laughs> probably from the boxes from moving because my boxes were in storage for a month I'm, it's not okay she, look i'm gonna be asleep and I named her Gertrude <laughs> because I couldn't find her and she went into my linen closet and Very I true. emptied my linen closet and never found her. I'm probably going to be asleep and wake up and Gertrude's going to be on the pillow staring at me and I'm going to scream like a girl. <laughs> She's going to be on your face. Don't say that. It's not funny. I'm going to have nightmares about a damn roach crawling in my mouth. It's not okay. Mm. Anyway, I'm never going to sleep tonight. Thanks, y'all. Welcome. <sighs> I'd almost forgotten until Mark brought her back up. <laughs> it wasn't even me. This is great. Not my friend, Mark. <laughs> Not my friend. Anyway, so I guess that will wrap it up for episode 311 with the infamous Mark Cooper, a.k.a. Casper the Ghost. We'll see y'all next week.